worshiper of God and doeth his will. Him he heareth. The backdrop and the background of this is when Jesus heals a man who was blind and he was born blind and Pharisees and they got word of it and then they claimed that Jesus was a sinner. The blind man said, who was now here, how can this man be a sinner and he caused me to receive my sight? The blind man said, I tell you what, he says, I don't know whether or not he is a sinner or not, but I, what I do know is I didn't have no sight. And he touched my eyes and now I can see. I don't know what you're saying about this man, whether it's true or not. All I know is I was blind from birth, but I can see right now. And uh, the Pharisees was always trying uh, to trap Jesus or get other people to be against Jesus. But Jesus was the truth. And anytime you are the truth, that's all Jesus knew was truth. Everything he did was true. And so the Pharisees tried their very best, but they could never trap Jesus because everything he said was true. Even the things he said about the Pharisees and the scribes was always the truth. It is something about the truth, the word of God. The Bible says, you shall know truth, and the truth shall set you free. It is something about the truth, the word of God. You may try to get around it, but it will never turn you loose. The truth is something that is powerful. God's word, matter of fact, is powerful. The word of God can get inside of your heart, can get inside of your life, change your entire mindset, change your entire life. It'll change your marriage, it'll change your family, it'll change your house, it'll change your ideas, it'll change your philosophies, it'll change what you believe. The word of God is the best thing that we got going for us. This morning I want to ask that you would go with me to Isaiah 55. Go to Isaiah 55 right quickly. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, and let's take a look around verse number 8 and verse number 9. And I want to talk on the subject title this morning for just a short while. What is the will of God for the church? What is the will of God for the church. I didn't say what is your will. I didn't say what is the brother's will. I didn't say what are the sister's will. I didn't say what is the preacher's will. But what is the will of God for the church? Look at Isaiah 55, verses number 8 and verse number 9. The Bible says there, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways, said the Lord. The Bible says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, looking at this, your thinking is not like God's thinking. Matter of fact, you can't even get on the level of God's thinking. It makes no difference how hard you might try. Your thoughts is not compatible to the thoughts of God. I like what he says. He says, my ways are not your ways. I like that part because I'm so glad God's ways are not like my ways. 
But he says, my thoughts and my ways are different. And then he says in verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Go with me now to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. As you see, you don't think like God. And any time you give your opinion, you ought to ask yourself, is this the thinking, is this the mind of God? Because if it ain't the mind of God, then you're going to have to change what you're thinking. Watch this here in Matthew chapter 26, verse number 39. The Bible says, in verse 39, the book says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. This is Jesus. And Jesus says, I know I got a will, Lord. But he says, I know your will is higher than my will. I know, Lord, that I would like this cup to pass me by. But, Lord, not my will, but thou will shall be done. As we talk on the subject title, what is the will of God for the church? What is God's will for the church? And I want you to know the will, another term for the will is the word volition. Uh, the acting of decision, the act of a choice. Can I say something? When God got ready to put forth his plan in motion, God did not call me in the meeting. When God got ready to put forth his plan in motion, God didn't call you in the meeting. When God got ready to put his will for the church in motion, he didn't even ask the church, what do y'all think about what I'm putting in motion? Let me say it like this. God really doesn't care about what you think, uh, what you feel, what your opinions are. All God is concerned about is what is my will for the church. Must I say something else? The church doesn't belong to us. The church belongs to Christ. It is Christ's church. God is the owner. Christ is the manager. The Holy Spirit is the active spirit inside the church working in the lives of both men and women on today. And so the decisions that you and I made should be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen, somebody. Now, I've got some points that I'm going to give us. Point number one, what is the will of God number one? The will of God number one, do we, do we have that back there, tech folk? Let's get the will of God number one. That is to share the gospel to a lost world. Y'all agree with that? That's, that's the will of God for the church. Matthew 28, around 18 and 19, he says, Go ye therefore and teach what? All nations. Baptizing them, what? In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teaching them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of what? Of the age. So preacher, what is the will of God, number one? The will of God, number one, is to make sure we share the gospel with a lost and dying world. 
Now, don't get mad. This is for everybody. Your job as a Christian is to share the truth with the lost. Somebody say, well, when the church is going to put something together so we can evangelize. Listen, the church can put something together so we can evangelize, but every single individual is commanded by God to take the word of God and to sow a seed in the hearts of those who are lost. That's your job. That's my job. Every time I come to a person who is lost and who's not a member of the Lord's church, every time I come to a person who is living in this dark world, every time I come to a person who is stuck in sin, it is my job, my obligation to try to tell that person something from the word of God where they can come to the light. That's my job. That's your job is to share the gospel. Listen, don't tell nobody. If you're not sharing the gospel with your lost family members, with your lost friends, and your lost co-workers, don't tell anybody, but you ain't following the will of God. And the Bible says uh, in John 9, 31, uh, that God heareth not a sinner, but if any man be a doer and does his will uh, and a worshiper, him he hears. Will, the will of God number two, watch this here. The will of God number two is to preach the word in the church. Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reproof, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. He tells them to preach the word. When they like it, preach the word. When they're smiling this morning, preach the word. When they're frowning, preach the word. He says, do it in season and out of season. Sometimes, uh, you don't want to hear the word of God, but sometimes when you don't want to hear the word of God, that's the best thing that you need to hear is the word of God. Sometimes you don't really want to go to a place. Have you ever gone to a place that when you got in your car, you say, I really don't want to be there, but when you get there, you have been blessed more than what you could have believed before you got there. Sometimes you don't want to be at church, but you hear something at church that turns your mind and thinking around. Sometimes you don't want to do it, but when you get involved in it, you find out that it gives you more blessings than you have before. It is your job. It is my job. When you come down here, somebody got to preach the word. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Why we preach it? Because it's alive. It's powerful. This, this book is active. It's, it's living. It's not dead words on pages. It is living words on dead pages, uh, which makes all of it living and life. And so preach the word. That's what God's church needs to hear. It's the word, the pure, unadulterated word of God. Nothing else. Don't come preaching the internet. Don't come preaching the newspaper. Don't come preaching the Channel 9's noon, the Channel 9 news. Come preaching the word of God because it's quick and it's powerful. Some of y'all are some hard people. And you need the word of God to be spoken in your heart. Because it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-headed swords, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. It reaches down to the joints and the marrow is a discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I don't know nothing that can get in the crack of man's soul and his spirit but 
the word of God. That's why every Sunday, the preacher owes you nothing but the word of God. You might not want to hear it, but you need it. So will number two is what? Preach the word in the church. Reminding yourself the first one is share the gospel with the lost. The second one is when you come here, you need to hear a word from the Lord. Number three, watch this here. Practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. Now, before you get froggy on me, ain't none of us can live that Bible perfectly. Hello, somebody. You can't live that book perfectly, but you ought to try to live it perfectly. Amen, somebody. You ought to try your very best. And when God is in your life, he'll take care of the rest. But you got to put forth some effort. You got to give yourself to God that God can give his holistic self unto you. It is our job not only to hear the preach word, but it's our job to practice what we preach. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, bring that up for me, Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at verse 13, I think is what I want. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. Do you see it? You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, watch this now, you are supposed to practice what we preach, correct? But if you are the salt, and you are, if you lose your flavor or your taste, the Bible says, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore, thenceforth rather, good for what? Have you ever heard somebody say, you good for nothing, blank and blank and that? Huh? The Bible says you are what? Good for nothing when you lose your influence. Watch what he says here. It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trotted on the foot of men. Watch this. Give me verse 14. The Bible says, ye are the what? Light of the world. Do you see that? You're not just the light in your house. You're not just the light in your neighborhood. Everywhere you go, you are a bright, shining light. You are the light of the world. And the Bible says, Watch this here. Oh, I don't have the time to deal with it. You are city. Oh, what, what, what my church folk at this morning? I tell you, what my church folk? I don't have the time to deal with it, but Lewis, you are light of the world. Why we stop with just being a light? I'm going to put this on your mind. Jesus said, you're not just the light of the world. Jesus said, you are a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hid. I'm going to throw something at you. A light is one thing, but a city is something totally different. Ooh, I'm telling you, I'm going to mess somebody up in a little while. That's a light bulb. That's the light. That's one light. But a light is different than a city. 
a city is comprised of a number of lights. A city is comprised of a number of things inside of it. Ooh, y'all not y'all. I'm, I'm about to mess somebody up. Trust me. In a city, a well-functioning city has marketplaces. I'm gonna mess somebody up. In a well-functioning city. There's a hospital. In a well-functioning city, there's a bank. Jesus tells us that your job is not just to be a light in the world, but the church is supposed to be a city in the world. And not just a city, but you must operate. ask you a question. How many hospitals we have? The church. Y'all ain't gonna help me. How many banks we have? When we want something, we gotta go to somebody else. Talk about the church of Christ. The Methodists has it. Catholicism have it. The Pentecostals have it. Jesus says, you're not just a light, but a camp. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. The church shouldn't be down here. We should be up here where everybody can see us. But we don't have no hospitals. We don't have no banks. We don't have no markets. We got to go to everybody else to get what God want us. Whoo, I wish I had. I don't have the time to deal with that. See, we look at that scripture and we run over the city part. The church is supposed to be a city. Everything we should need in life, we should already have through the church. Oh, I wish I had somebody with me here. The other faiths got it. <laughs> Some of y'all, I know you probably weren't thinking on that level today, but that's all right. But I want you to know that's what Jesus had in mind. A well-functioning, operational city. Stop thinking you're just a light. We're a city. And then he says you want to heal. Guess what? When folk talk about us, they ought to know who we are. I know that's what it means because he says you are set on a hill. And watch this. You cannot be hidden. I'm going to say this and I'm going to leave it alone on this one here. You start talking about marketplaces in the church, how you can acquire it. You start talking about Finance, financial institutions, how you can acquire it. You start talking about uh, the hospitals, medical facilities, and how you can acquire it. Folk in the church be, uh-uh. We can't get involved. We can't do that. Why not? You're a city. How you going to be a city and you can't even serve the people in your city? That's not my lesson this morning, but I thought I would just go there this morning. I don't have the time to deal with it. But our job is to practice what we preach. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to go to your own hospital? What's your name? I'm Brother W.L. Vils, Hollywood Street Church. Oh, come on here, brother. Come, come, come on here. I'm Sister So-and-So. Oh, I'm a part of this church. Of, come, 
Come on in. Huh? Look, 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 I fell on hard times. I need, I need some things here. What, 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 are you a member of the body of Christ? Yes, I am. Come on in. <laughs> huh? Y'all not feeling the preacher. I'm not even going to mess with y'all this morning. Well, I thought I had a church with me this morning, but that's all right. Let's keep this thing going. Give me number four. What is the will of God, number four? Pray for your world leaders. Pray for your world leaders. Huh? Pray for your world leaders. Somebody say, I ain't praying for him. And y'all know who him is. Don't act like y'all don't act like y'all like don't know. Huh? Y'all know who him is. But can I tell you something? That's the perfect will of God. And that's the permissive will of God. The perfect will of God is God's will. That's what he wanted exactly. The permissive will is may have not but what God wanted, but God allows. So you can say what you want about him. God either wanted or God allowed him to get in office. Give me 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. 1 Timothy 2, 1, the Bible says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So stop picking and choosing who you're going to pray for. You pray for all men. Verse 2, the Bible says, for kings. You see it? The president is a king. That's, that's, that's the word that is synonymous to all the others. He's the king of the United States of America. All right? Pray for your kings for, and for all that are in authority. Huh? Is Nancy uh, Pelosi, is she still in office? Oh, Nancy, is she still in there? You got to pray for her too. Amen, somebody. You got to pray for her. And then you got to pray for John Bell. Amen, somebody. I just don't like, you know, he didn't pass this bill. He didn't. You, you got to pray for John Bell Edwards. You got to pray for the mayor. She ain't doing nothing for us. Your job is to stop talking about folk in office. Your job is to tell God about them. Why we do that with ourselves? We'll talk about everybody in their life instead of talking to them to God. You ain't going to help John Bell Edwards running his name in the mud, and you ain't going to change his decisions either. So the best thing you can do is talk to God about him and how he makes his decisions. That's what the Bible says. That's what Paul tells Timothy. Tell the church to pray for the kings. Pray for your authorities. Well, I just don't, I just don't agree. You, we don't agree on a lot of stuff. I don't agree with the colors you got on this morning. You don't agree with the haircut I got. So what? Amen, somebody. There are disagreements all around us. But that don't mean I can't do something for you that will benefit your life. But I just don't like him. Well, you know, he, he don't want to do that. But I, yeah, I understand. We understand that. But your job is still to pray for him. Somebody say, why are we going to pray for him? And y'all know who him is. Why are we going to pray for him? Why? Because him got a soul too. He got a soul. And it's your job to talk to your God about him that God can touch his life. 
Let me tell you something. Don't you know him and others have the power to make things more difficult for us with free religion? Huh? They got the power. Your job is to talk to God about them. And when you talk to God about them, just as God was able to touch Pharaoh, he can touch the king and the president and the prime ministers and etc. etc. as well. Watch this here. First Timothy chapter 2. Watch this here. Verse number 3. The Bible says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Let me back up to verse 2. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a, 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 and <laughs> life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men be what? See, he need to be saved too, y'all. And, and, and when you look at those two words, quiet and peaceable, one mean a quietness externally. That means out here, out here. Things need to be quiet out here. The other word means to be quiet in, in, inside, in here. If it's disturbance out here, God says, don't let it disturb you in here. We can say what we want. A lot of times we are disturbed here because what we see out there. But you walk by faith and not by sight. But oh, do we catch ourselves sometime walking by sight. Amen, somebody. You can, I know you've been saved since Noah docked that ark, but I stopped by today to tell you that even Noah did wrong too. <laughs> So I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. But sometimes we catch ourselves. Well, you know, I just, but I can't see how we going to do that. But, you know, I just, I don't feel right about it. God never told you you're going to feel a certain way about something. God says your job is to trust and walk by faith in the Lord, if you can't see it, folks say, if I can't see it, I, can't, I won't believe it. Amen. Say amen when you can. If I can't see it, I'm not going to believe it. Don't even bring that stuff over here. I can't see it. I, I'm not going to believe it. God never told you to see nothing. The just shall live by faith. Therefore, we got to pray for our leaders. All leaders. You got to pray for them because they need some help. They need some good folk working around them. They're going to get in some business and meetings of business, decision makings for the people that they serve. You got to talk to God. Lord, touch them. Bless them. Give them some vision. Lord, open their understanding. Give them some insight. Help them. They need your help. Why do you think God put it in his Bible? If it doesn't work, it works. Ooh, give me the next point here. Let's roll on. We're closing. Let's close. The will of God, number five, love one another. John 13, 34, 35, a new commandment I give you, 
that you love one another just as I've loved you, that the world may know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Can we stop doing something? Stop talking about love if you're not going to practice it. Stop singing about love if you're not going to practice it. Matter of fact, stop talking to God about love if you're not willing to practice it. Why are we always talking about, well, he don't love me like I'm supposed to. She don't love me. You know, they don't love me. That's not a loving church. This other. Why are we always talking about somebody loving us, but we never extend that same kind of love to somebody else? Have you ever saw people like that? They want stuff from other people, but they the stuff they want from others are not willing to give out to everybody else. If you are not willing to love people genuinely, stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Why we talk about stuff and don't practice it? It doesn't do you no good to talk about something I'm not willing to do. Huh? I can talk about exercise in the gym all day long. I was talking to Sister Wanda not long ago about going to the gym early in the morning. I can talk about going to the gym early in the morning all I want until I get my mind wrapped around it. Guess what? I ain't going to get up to go early in the morning. So you know what, Sister Wanda? I need to stop talking about going to the gym early in the morning because I ain't true to myself on it. Just leave that stuff alone. Leave that alone. Just leave it alone. You ain't ready for it yet. You ain't ready. And sometimes people will talk about stuff you're not ready for yet. Have you ever put the cart before the horse? You're not really ready for to take on that responsibility. You might think you are. You haven't counted the cost yet. Huh? Go by that. You haven't really counted the cost yet. Huh? Listen, if you're not willing to give your all, stop talking about it. Whenever you come to grips to, to be whatever it is you want to be, then you, you start talking about it. Some of y'all want to go to school. You know, I really need to go get back to school. You've been saying that for the last 10 years. You know, I really need to get, I really need to go back, back to school. Listen, don't tell me nothing about school if you're not really ready to go to school. You've been saying that same stuff for the last 10 years. You're not genuine. Whenever you're ready to go back to school, come back and talk to him. Brother, you know, I'm ready to go back to school. Whoa, did, 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 you, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, no, not, not, you, you're not. Now, some people like that in relationships. They think they're ready. Huh? They think they're ready. You're not really ready for that. Huh? I mean, sometimes you, your mind will play tricks on you. Huh? That's not Jesus. That's Bushwick Bill. Scarface. Willie D. Y'all know that? Y'all know who that is? A boy called don't act like you don't know who Willie D is. You, you ought to stop that. Who you talking about? <laughs> Matter of fact, the late Bushwick Bill just passed away not long ago, in case you didn't know. But anyhow, I didn't even talk about Bushwick. Your mind will play tricks on you. Let's close this thing out. Will six has set the church in order. That's the will of God number six. Now, y'all, there are a number of will of God in the Bible that I could have used this morning. A number of things. One of the wills God is to do 
to encourage the saints. Another will of God is to visit the fatherless. There's, there's a number of will of God's, all right? The orphans. There's a number of will of God, okay? But I want to use this one here, and we'll close out, is to set the church in order. You know, I made mention it in the Bible class today. You know, there are some churches in our brotherhood who don't even teach on elders and deacons. Don't fall asleep on me now. Do it in the next 15 minutes. There are some churches do not teach on elders and deacons. Among us. Hello, somebody. Our white brothers and sisters teach on it more than we do. Now, I want you to understand, just as they are people with blood running in their veins, we are people with blood running in our veins. They use the Bible. We use the Bible. They have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Why in the world don't we have more elders and deacons in our African-American churches? We got two predominantly white churches in this city. All of them got elders. We got three African-American churches. None of them got elders. Now you tell me why that is. They think different than us. Structuring. Organizing. They think different than us. Ooh, I wish I had somebody. Man, I tell you. <laughs> Sometimes I'd be afraid to say certain things because I think yeah, I don't think they're gonna get it because you know they'd be like, but something wrong with you, you know. They don't think like us. I wanna say something. <laughs> I wanna say something. Those churches don't have no more professional folk than what we got. What they do have, they have more of them. Woo, I just said something, I'm telling you. I know I said something. See, folk tense up. I don't tense up with truth. I don't tense with truth. I don't tense up with truth. I don't. It don't bother me. I can speak it here anyway. I don't tense up with truth if it's truth. We got the same professional folk like them. Check it out. Check it out. They have more than us. Let me tell you something else. There are some folk who would like to be members of our church, but they don't want to be members at our church because they feel because you are not organized. Oh, I know that's true, sister. <laughs> I don't have people come to the back door. Ask me. Do y'all have elders here? I say, no, ma'am. No, sir. And they keep walking. Church of Christ that meets at 5111 Hollywood. They are not smarter than you. They don't have more Holy Spirit than you. You got the same thing. <laughs> what is the will of God for the church? It's to set it up like God wanted to be. Oh, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. The male is going to take over the church. Not if they got the Holy Spirit. 
They're going to, they not if they got the Holy Spirit. And I believe every man who's in there, I believe he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The whole church should have shouted amen on that. I believe they got the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to close. You know, now I'm not going to talk about myself. Somebody said, you already have. And that's true. Now, Brother Gattis, I think is a good man. I said, Brother Gattis, I think he's a good man. First got here in 06, October of 06. The first person I counseled was Sister Renata. Never forget it. Never forget it. Sister Renata was the first person. And uh, I'm not sure. I think Brother Gattis might have, well, Renata called me, and I talked to her about the issue. The any and every time we need this man, not just Viltz, but the church, he's there. <laughs> Whoo, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling you, we think different. We think different. They jump on opportunities like that, not us. When a man is dependable, they jump on it. But John Brown, the status of Brother Brown, he didn't even have to come to Hollywood. I'm looking for that face. Didn't even have to come here. But you know what I believe? God sent him here. But when you don't believe in the providence of God, you're not going to believe what I'm saying. Don't you know that man could have gone to South Baton Rouge and he would have been an elder today? <laughs> but with us, we they think different. Of his status in the city? I was preaching in a conference, Brother Gathers, uh, a year so ago. I'm going to show you the providence of God, whether you believe it or not. That's what I believe. I was preaching at a conference, and I got through preaching. A fella came up to me, never seen the man in my life. He came up to me, he said, he said, Brother Phil, he said, good job. I said, well, thank you. He says, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Never seen the man in my entire life. He said, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I was like, oh, okay, oh, Louisville. From the West Broadway Church of Christ. That's where Brother Brown and them come from. He said, is John Brown with you? I want you to pay attention. He said, is John Brown with you? I said, yes, the Brown family is with us. He says, you don't know it now. But he is going to be more of a blessing to you than what you know. <laughs> Have your eyes been open around here? Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Ain't no one brother we place over another brother here. So don't leave here feeling no type of way. I'm only mentioning these brothers because they're at the forefront of our leadership now. But we got a number of men in here who are dependable and who have been dependable in the last almost 13 years since I've been here. 
And I can go down the line and name those men this morning. So I don't want you to get this thing twisted. But because of those men and the men that I didn't name, along with myself, has allowed this church, by the grace of God, to be what we are today. Amen, somebody. And I believe with all my heart that God wants us to move in this direction. Why? Because the church has needs that cannot be met by one man. Can't be met by one. <laughs> I don't care how hard he try, can't do it. Sister Leola White is 97 years old. You know we can't send somebody over there on the regular? Huh? Sister Matthews, I believe, is 90? 90 what? 97. She'll be the oldest member, perhaps. 98. When you don't have the proper leadership, you can't have people in place to take care of those things. Somebody might say, well, Sister Matthews and Sister White, they don't, that, that's not a need. Yes, it is. So they can't come to you. You should be able to send somebody to them. And somebody say, well, Brother Bill, why don't you just assign people to do that like that? You know why? Because people don't give folk the respect they need when you just put them in that area. They got to be church leaders. Amen, somebody. They just don't do it. We won't do it. Whoo. I know you wouldn't, I just said the they weren't ready for all this this morning, but this is what you got. This is what you got. And this church, the largest church in the city, I tell you, I will brag to anybody in this city about this congregation, the dynamics of this church. We should be spiritually organized like all the rest of them. There are some people who believe we got elders already. We were sitting down with one of the leaders from the Goodwood Church last year. When we told the guy the membership of the church, he couldn't believe it. He thought we were smaller than what we are. He said, well, man, he said, y'all need some elders. He said, why don't y'all put guys in place? You know why? They think different. That's my lesson to y'all. That's all you can handle for today. <laughs> What is the will of God for the church? Spread the word. Preach the word in the church. Practice what you preach. Love one another. Pray for your leaders. And set the church in order. I didn't give you scripture on that. That's Titus chapter 1, verse 5, 6, 7, and 8. God is in control. Not only God is in control, he's in full control. And all we got to do is make sure we follow in the script and trust him. And everything is going to be all right. Amen, somebody. You come by hearing the word of God, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing that Jesus Christ is the son of God, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. When you're baptized, Jesus will wash away all your sins. You'll come up with the Holy Spirit. Your job is to be faithful to God. 
And Jesus promises us that if we're faithful to him, that he's going to be faithful to us. If your desire is to be baptized into Christ, into the church today, we'll baptize you for the remission of your sins. You'll be added to his church. If you've got sin in your life, you need to make things right today. All you have to do is say, brother, says, I've sinned. I asked the church to pray for me. And guess what? Somebody's going to pray for you. Because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory. So we all understand there's a need to pray for each other. But sometimes people are in need of prayer because they're at a guilty distance from their God. And if you stand guilty on the earth, you'll stand guilty in judgment. And therefore, you got to fix that guilt before you die. And whatever it is, all of us struggle with something, y'all. But we got to keep pressing forward. We can't let that something consume our lives and overtake us in a fault. Whatever your desire is today, Jesus has already died. And the power is in, in his hands. Won't you come? As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come to Jesus for...